Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. Welcome back. Welcome back. I'm back. Welcome back from rafting down in uh, in Central Oregon. I survived. Was it was it scary? Uh, Did you have a spill? Well, Did you uh, have a drunken, gallivanting <laughs> fall no. into the river? So the good news is I don't really drink on the boat that much. Like, I'll have a beer, maybe two beers. Everybody else will get smashed if they want to. Um, I tend to guide most of the time, so, like, people's lives are technically in my hands. <laughs> So I that's a scary yeah. Thought. So I so I I tend to stay fairly sober. So I I had a couple crispies, but the the first day there was only three of us, so we didn't use my boat. We used inflatable kayaks, and I dumped uh, on the biggest rapid of the river, and my body still hurts from it. Did you hit like rocks? Yeah, there's like these like lava rocks around it, and when I dumped, I went into the into the the hole as we call it. Think of like a washing machine, also known as a Maytag. I fell into the Maytag, spun me around a lot, and then finally kicked me out, and I bounced off some rocks, and I got I got bruises in places that don't feel good. <laughs> and then on Saturday, I tried to wrap my boat around this uh, giant rock. Uh, I know we don't like to swear on this show, but we call it Oh Shit Rock, <laughs> because when you see it, you go, Oh Shit, and then try to steer out of the way. And Sounds uh, like my story from my first rap, uh, my first float. And the stupid thing is, is I've never hit that rock before in the... 15 years I've been rafting that river, but I've seen a bunch of my friends do it. I'm on a boat with four of the most experienced paddlers and rafters I know and just stared at the rock as the boat just wrapped it and dumped the whole thing. Did the boat survive? The boat survived, yeah. It's a strong one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boat's fine. Uh, but yeah, that, my, was, that was a silly moment on my, my first, I don't think I told this in the podcast. My first float ever was like three, four weeks ago, five weeks ago at this point. Did the Clackamas? Did uh, MacGyver? Oh, I love the Clack. MacGyver to um, Carver. No, MacGyver to Barton. And um, we, uh, I had never floated before, and I bought myself like a cheap little float, like off Amazon, that had good reviews. And uh, because it was MacGyver to Barton, is that the right one? Am I saying that correctly? I think so. Uh, there were more rapids. We were gonna do Barton to Carver, which only has like two rapids on it. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, this one had like ten. And, uh, on the second one, there's a big OS rock, just like yours. Yep. And, uh, the people we had attached to the big raft and, uh, they saw it too late 
and my float was going right towards it. I got sucked around it. The rope didn't break, but it ripped a hole in my raft. Oh, I heard the pop. And I'm just sitting there going, this is my first time floating on a river in my life. And I'm now (laughs) terrified. (laughs) I now have no raft. Uh, I tried to see if I could reach the bottom. I could not. I'm a good swimmer. So I wasn't like once I was like, okay, I got to swim. It was it was tiring because I was going against the current. Mm -hmm. But uh, I made it to the side just fine. Um, Yeah, that was my first experience floating. I lost my float. Uh, I had to join someone else's float. And I was a much better paddler for them than the original paddler who didn't try to get away from the giant rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was my first float. So uh, yeah, it was a fun experience. The good news is, is, for my long swim, I had the GoPro on the whole time. So I was under, yeah, it. I was underwater for 15 seconds. Mm. That's actually that 15 seconds must have felt like forever. It felt like forever, and I pulled out, and this lady was like, "You were underwater for a long time," and I was like, "Thanks, lady. I can't breathe." <laughs> yeah, right my now. lungs hurt a lot. <laughs> I thank you. I appreciate that. And then we wrapped around the rock. I looked over at this kid who's probably like 22, was a guide for one of the companies down there in Mopin. And I looked at him and I went, hey, man, from zero to amateur hour, how bad was that hit on that rock? And he goes, that was awesome. Well, they've so probably the, all so done the kid it at got some, a show. Yeah. They've probably all done it at some point, too. Oh, right? man. If you're learning to be so a guy, you've probably hit that rock a couple of times. God, 15 years. The most experienced paddlers I know are on my boat and just drilled it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Mother Nature will always win. Yeah, shout out Wapanisha. <laughs> uh, so we today literally came up with the topic two seconds ago. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's a lie because we've been recording for a couple minutes. That'd About be cool five if we minutes had, like, ago. ESPN and we're just talking to each other in our brains and figured it out. Uh, ESPN's incorrect. Oh, right, right. Uh, ESP. Yeah, there you go. Um, ESPN is the sports channel. That's my Mean Girls reference for the day. Oh, that's right. I do love that movie, but I'm not good with movie references, so I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, so uh, we, we, right before this segment, we're like, what are we talking about? And Patrick had said, like, oh, I want to talk about this on the podcast, but it's just a quick thing. And I was like, well, can we make it a segment? And we're like, yeah, sure. Uh, So today's episode is called Beer shopping. Beer shopping. And we'll just talk about uh, mindsets, expectations, what you're looking for, that kind of stuff. We might have done something somewhat similar to this in the past, but it's a little bit different because we're not talking about like bottles versus cans. We're not talking about branding. We're just talking about when you go to buy beer, what is your mindset? Yeah. Um, And how does it change depending on where you go? So that'll be the the episode today. Because I had quite an interesting experience. That you did. And we'll get to that here in a moment. Uh, You can find us most places you can find podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni, and uh, 1080thefan.com. You can find us on social media. Instagram.com slash beers on us is where you can find the two of us. Uh, You can DM us on there and we'll respond usually to the DMs on there. And we also post our pictures and whatnot. Uh, personal pages. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter and Patrick's at P Diddy 085 on Instagram. Uh, we got a little update for our Barrelick collab drink, drink, uh, canning day tentatively Wednesday, August 26th. That's awesome. So we are three must be a Wednesday. It must be a Wednesday. It's always a Wednesday. <laughs> we are 20 days or three weeks away from that happening my trip was confirmed to go back to see my family i will be returning on the 22nd that week i get back we are going to have a beer i'm so excited unless anything gets delayed right a week or two after i get back we're going to have a beer i'm super excited Uh, this is going to be really cool yeah i haven't seen any can art yet or anything i think that's in the works um we sent the logo along to them so hopefully they're incorporating that but uh we are it almost, it's the calm before the storm, right? Yeah. We planned it and I was super excited. And now I'm just like waiting, right? Yeah. 
and it's calm. You know, there's not much I can do at this point. Just mm-hmm. waiting, just waiting. And then I'm going to get back from this trip and realize, oh my God, <laughs> we're like four <laughs> days away from getting a beer. And uh, so that's the update on that. And I've been down there <clears throat> a couple times recently and had some, had some, uh, some newer stuff. They've got a new pale ale out right now called the never ender. Um, and they canned it. It is phenomenal. Um, I, I bought some when I was there and had some in the fridge and I think I have to go back and get some more. So I'm really excited. I mean, we've always loved Berlick. You know, we talk about we talk about you guys all the time on this show. And thank you again for making this beer. But I'm I'm so pumped with where your beer is now and doing something for us. I just I can't wait. So that's the update on that. Um, let's do a quick week in beer, and then we'll get into the beer that we're drinking, which I just took, in the box. I just took my first sip and damn near uh, had to replace my pants. Um, that thing is, wow, <laughs> that thing is good. Wow. All right. Let's do this so we can talk and about the, this and the kick and the kick <laughs> at the end. Oh my God. Uh, okay. So my week in beer, um, I had five, six, six. Look at me going big. I had six beers. I took three black is beautifuls. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember last week I had the cascade one, which I thought was fine. It wasn't overly special or anything. We talked about maybe the canning of Imperial Stouts causes a little bit of a difference in flavor from what you would expect. Yeah, we're doing one next week. I believe it's being canned, and I'm I'm curious because I haven't had any of them yet. Well, they're, I'm seeing them all over Instagram <clears throat> now, so they're all starting to roll out. Okay, and I'm kind of doing a personal thing where if I see new ones, I'm going to try it. Yeah, because well, it's you know, right up your alley. It's Imperial too. Styles, yeah. which is my favorite. Uh, so I got Gigantic Trapdoor and Mountains Walking, which is in Bozeman, Montana. Um, Gigantic's was in a bottle, as is cool. most of their stuff, and then um, the other two were in cans. I would say that Gigantic's was my favorite. It was a pretty easy going imperial stout kind of easy drinking had a had a little bit of like an irish stout vibe even though it wasn't imperial uh just a nice easy drinking stout trapdoors was a little bit too sweet for me okay. um there was a little trapdoor dangerous balance man trapdoor does these interesting <clears throat> flavors with their dark beers where they try to like make them like uh taste like a cookie or taste like this or that and sometimes those hit really well a little great times, notion-y yeah a little great yeah. notion-y sometimes those hit really well sometimes they get a little bit too sweet because mm. you're already it's already sweet to begin with yeah and you're trying to make it mimic a flavor i think trapdoors now none of them say on the can but i think trapdoors was like an oatmeal cookie which i love oatmeal cookies and i was like oh that's gonna be really good it was good but just a little too sweet mm. it was like each sip was like okay you know you had to take a little a little mini break after each gotcha. sip. Uh, mountains walking was a solid one as well again a slightly too sweet a little bit less sweet than trapdoors um but solid overall i'd love to taste just any of their beer I mean, they're not, yeah they're not far and <clears throat> montana's a little bit a little bit off the beaten path i think people think in craft beer but i've had some good stuff out of montana uh, i got the wander um boot toss triple ipa i think it's called because who doesn't need a triple ipa in 100 degree weather uh, sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes i like Get to go it, a little baby. crazy <laughs> uh, i remember wander's uh correspondence export style was my basically has been my beer of the year so far this year i, I could not stop drinking it when it was on the shelf and I haven't had any of the, their other beer. The triple IPA was really solid. Um, it did not taste overly alcoholic, which is what you get in a lot of the triple IPAs. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty easy drinking for a triple, so I liked that. I tried the new Top Ferment, the uh, the Holy Citra IPA. Boy, have I loved that series from them. It has been really good. Top Ferment and Bottom Ferment. A lot of those beers coming out are really, really nice. Um, this is one I hadn't seen before. This one had a little bit more of like the unfiltered haze look to it, mm-hmm. but it didn't taste overly hazy. It had nice bitterness to it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
Uh, and then I had one beer that I'd rather not talk about, um, but I'll tell you what it was. Uh, it was the uh, Skookum Rule 3 IPA. Just not your thing? No. Okay. It was not. Fair enough. I read the side of the can. It said three hops, three malts, <clears throat> enjoy. And I went, okay. <clears throat> and uh, that's about all I'll say about that. Yikes. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the other ones are good, and I'm going to keep keep you guys updated on the Black is Beautiful. I wish on the cans they gave you a little bit more, because everyone's doing a different dark beer. Mm-hmm. But it's the same can with the same... I forget the brewery that's like distributing them all or, or at least started oh, the project. Yeah, I know this. I was reading it this morning. I can't remember off the top of but my head. That's on the side, mm-hmm. but it only shows the logo in the bottom right corner of the brewery that did it. And it doesn't say what type of beer it is. So um, I wish that was on the can, but otherwise I've been enjoying trying them all because it's uh, a, a good cause and B it's cool that everyone's making a dark beer right now because it's the summer and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, let's see. Mine's, mine's a little less exciting this week. I, I went to, I went to Barelick on Sunday and that's when I had the never ender. Oh yeah, I saw the post. Uh, yeah, and a chill. Me and the Super lady secret. Yeah, me and the lady went there. God, that place is great to drink at. I haven't been there yet. It's such a cool spot to drink at. Um and then I I posted I stopped at Von Ebert after we recorded the podcast last week and wanted to see Sam. Sam's an old friend of mine and I wanted to, you know, Chris Martin told me they had all these loggers out. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast and I was Both like of them. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the other Chris Martin could like sponsor us. Oh, maybe <laughs> sponsored by Coldplay. <laughs> Promise, I, I'm sorry, Chris. I won't make any more Coldplay jokes. Uh, he will um, definitely make more Coldplay um, jokes. I, uh, Just to your face. So, your I, wanted, so I wanted to stop by and because I because Chris told me that they had all these great loggers, and so I was like, oh well, I'm going to go on this rafting trip, and I need some crisps to take out there. Stopped in, posted that picture of that hazy double uh, that I thought was great. I don't know if it was just environment, and I was excited to be there and drinking a beer with the brew staff, but. It was excellent. So that should be coming out soon. If it's I think we he pulled it from the bright. Or no, no, it was on draft. Um that was excellent. We also tasted another IPA out of the bright tank. Also tasted great. Shocker, Von Ebert's making great beer yeah. right now. Did you get the beer that I talked about last week that I had potential off flavors in? Remember I had the Von Ebert? I did not. Okay. I did not. What I ended up buying is I ended up buying It was the, the new uh the new American pills. The, what, new, the one that I had. They didn't questions have about. it there. Oh. When I was there. So okay. they either sold out or it all went to distro or something. Yeah. Okay. So I bought a four pack of the Hellas, the decocted Hellas, because I hadn't had that yet. I bought a four pack of the Vienna Lager, which is one of my favorite styles, and a gold medal at the Oregon Beer Awards in twenty in twenty twenty. Wow. Forgot we had Oregon Beer Awards this year. It like, must have been one of the last events ever. <laughs> yeah, right. Whew, that was a fun night, too. Uh, and then I bought a four-pack of the... COVID spread that <laughs> night, probably. <laughs> and then I had a four-pack of the Pierre Le Chat, which is their like French Pilsner, similar to like an Italian Pilsner. I've had that uh, on draft there before. Oh, right? okay. I cannot pick which one I like the best mm. or which one was the best beer. I thought they were all absolutely incredible. The Pierre Le Chat was so cool. Just strawberries punching me in the face with this light, crispy lager body with some good hop action. I thought it was really cool. We love Agostini. We think that Pilsner is one of it's one of my favorite Pilsners. One There's of, one in the fridge that we haven't touched I for know, some reason. For some reason. How it survived, I don't know. One of my favorite beers I've had of the year. Uh, this Pierre Lechat was just incredible, and I honestly can tell you that the best beer I've had in 2020 is probably the Vienna Lager from Von Ebert. That beer was absolutely incredible. I just and kept, that's right up your alley. I just kept drinking. The body is so light on it. Like the Vienna malt character is there, but some Vienna lagers I get the the malt is so pronounced that it kind of takes over and gives it like a little more body than you would want. This is just perfect. 
I even had my buddy taste it who doesn't really like, uh, like he likes lagers, but more like a hellish lager, something that's not overly hopped, something that's really crispy and bright. Uh, I had him try the Vienna lager and he was like, this is incredible. And I was like, I'm glad you tasted it. Don't touch any of mine. <laughs> so I had those and I just can't, I can't say any more great things about it. I thought they were fantastic. Hellas is probably my favorite style out of, out of, outside of IPAs, right up there with Vienna lager. And the Hellas was good, but I was just so blown away by the Pierre and the Vienna that it was just kind of like, oh, here's the Hellas. You said you can't pick your favorite. You just picked it. It's the Vienna lager. <laughs> it was so good. You just good. oogled and ogled over it for so good. three minutes there. I know. I think I have to go back and get some more. I was really, <laughs> really, really pumped about it. All right. Uh, we are... Oh, one more note. Uh, I went to Prost this week for oh, the first yeah. time. Saw a friend of the program, Patrick Shields. Ooh, that's a homeboy. That's old school crime. Yep. That's uh, formerly Stormbreaker. He was on the podcast when uh, we did the St. John's Takeover. Now is uh, out at Prost. Episode like three or six, something like that. It's early. It's, I don't know if it was that early, but it was early. It was our first takeover. I remember that. Yeah, because we went to Grains and did West Coast and did West Coast IPAs. And that and was with just Mike. for the interview. Yep, just for the interview. But I think Stormbreaker was our first takeover. Um, yeah, so I uh, saw him. Uh, the outdoor seating was nice. Got to sit outdoors. It was a little bit warm in the sun, and they had tents up, so it was kind of nice and blocked mm. off. Uh, I had a uh, a Bach, and I had a Schwarz beer. Uh, on draft and then i had a uh, german pretzel sandwich nice. which was delightful uh super spaced out felt safe the entire time great i think mississippi's killing it uh i was thinking of going out there with a buddy this weekend and doing just kind of walking up and down and prost and stormbreaker and ecliptic because i know all three have good outdoor seating mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so i might be doing that this saturday so um I think if you're out there, come say hi. One thing I think I've learned about, like i had a manager meeting yesterday and we kind of chatted about this just internally but i started just kind of thinking about it in the grand scheme of things, I think everyone's kind of killing it. I mean, I haven't really heard anything about people doing bad, like poor attention to detail and stuff. I think the re <clears throat> I think the what what I'm learning in COVID is that in the beer world, which is what I can only speak for, not just breweries, tap rooms and stuff. I went to Cerveza yesterday. They are now open. They've got an awesome, awesome outdoors. Yeah, I saw. Area. I drove past that the other day. <clears throat> they they had. Um, why did I drive past it the other day? I don't know. But uh, what they you doing in my hood? I saw the uh, they took over like four parking spots mm -hmm. and they built booths there instead. Mm -hmm. It is so cool. And I think what we're learning is that we all took this really seriously and we're still taking it seriously. And I think it's because so much of our livelihood depends on it that it wasn't something to just like I was at Fred Meyer today and you're just looking around. You're like, this is gross. Like, there's people everywhere. This guy took his mask off to cough, and you're just like, I don't understand it. There's this old guy standing in line who's talking to this woman who must live down the street from him, and he, like, pulls his mask down, and he's just talking and talking, and you're just like, this is disgusting. Yeah. I've never felt that at a at a restaurant, especially a beer-centric restaurant. Yeah, it was. I, I felt safe <clears throat> the entire time. I'm not fully comfortable eating or drinking indoors yet. I think I would, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think I would do it if it was the only option. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a little bit of a wait when we got to Prost. Yeah. Um, and uh, walked up and down Mississippi once, and then our, our table was ready. But, uh, you know, they had indoor seating, and it was space, but I was happy that I said we can do indoor or outdoor, whatever comes mm -hmm. first, because there was a wait, but outdoor was open, and it was nice. Um, and plus, they got all the food carts over there, yep. like Matt's Barbecue is over there and stuff. Friday, so. I'm in love. Mm. Ooh, good mm. God. So That's good food. It was a solid, uh, a solid spot. So if you haven't gone over there, uh, go support Prost. And uh, they said they're doing okay. So good. Or Patrick said that. So, you know, good. It's, uh, good. it's good. Good to know. Um, all right. So we are drinking with this episode 
Uh, what's in the hype box? What's in the box? And uh, this is one of the two BBA stouts. And uh, Patrick, would you like to do the honors of reading? Because there's a lot of details on this bottle. I can. I, I looked can. at it yesterday. <clears throat> this is out of Westbrook Brewing Company in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. The label is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think this label looks really sexy. You'll see. We'll post it on the Instagram page. Um, this is their Mexican cake, which is a barrel-aged imperial stout, 10.5%. Imperial stout aged in maple bourbon barrels with cinnamon, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and habanero peppers. Way back in December 2011, they brewed their first anniversary beer, a serious imperial, a serious imperial stout aged on coconut nibs, vanilla beans, cinnamon, and fresh habaneros. So delicious that we decided to brew it once a year and age for 12 months in oak barrels. Salud. Uh, it's interesting because I have, uh, after this, I'm going to go home and marinate, uh, marinate some meat for carne asada tacos tomorrow. Mm. And I wish I had this for it. Minus the fact that you'd be using a really good, expensive beer to marinate. No, 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 to drink. Oh, I see. Like, I'm going to go, after this, I'm going to go, I'm probably going to run up to Bridgetown and look for any Mexican lager I haven't had to just drink some lagers with tacos tomorrow night when I have dinner on my patio by myself. I'm really excited about it. <laughs> I've been tweaking this carne asada recipe, so I'm really proud. Go get the Thunder Island one if you haven't tried it yet. Sean Burke would be really proud of me. I told you to do um, it. Go get it. <laughs> Thunder Island, do it. <clears throat> um, do it. And so, yeah, and so then we, you, because you told me you were going to put one of these in the fridge, but I didn't know which one you were going to put in. fact, I just reached my hand in and guessed. I forgot which ones we had. (laughs) Yeah, I just, honestly, I reached in and picked one, and I didn't, I didn't pick, like, intentionally. I was like, oh, okay, this is it. So here we are with Mexican cake. Um, Michael, you as the reigning stout champion of this stupid little podcast we've been doing for almost two years and barely decided to make a beer for us. So um, (laughs) What are your takeaways from your sips of this beer oh my first sip was pure joy um seriously you almost poo-pooed in your panties <laughs> uh, i don't know if it was poo-poo it was something else <laughs> <Hey-o>! uh, <laughs> the nice. uh, sierra nevada pale ale whoa uh this is not sierra nevada pale ale <laughs> um so you think mexican cake mm-hmm. right and you go oh boy that's gonna be sweet yep and then you smell it and you go Oh, that's going to be sweet. It mm-hmm. smells incredibly sweet. When I cracked it at the beginning of the pod, it just like woof, right. wafted into my nose. If you like habaneros and if you like a little spice in a beer, this beer is the best because it is sweet, but that habanero cuts that like crazy immediately. It's like you take a first sip and you're like, oh, it's a sweet imperial stout. And then the heat kicks in and it's just like, oh. Oh, we got depth of flavor, and then oh, and then the heat just starts lasting on your palate as you're as you're drinking it, which makes you want to go back for more because it's a little bit spicy, mm-hmm. a little bit spicy. Uh, it's rare that I see habaneros used in beer. Usually, it's some of the tamer chilies, right? Right. Habaneros aren't quite spicy. Um, I mean, I think they're probably the most commonly used spicier pepper that like people who like spice are able to drink and, and eat and be fine with. Mm-hmm. Like I like spicy food a lot, and I'm fine with habaneros. But once you start getting up into like ghost peppers and stuff, it's like oh, okay, we're getting hot. Um, this is super well balanced. Um, the, the it is a little sweet, and I know you're go, you know that going in. It's Mexican cake, right? Yeah. You, when you buy the beer, you know what you're getting it, yourself into. Barrel aged imperial stouts in general, especially in maple, barrel maple bourbon. Yeah, maple with barrels. vanilla. Yeah, and cocoa nibs and cinnamon. You're like, okay, this is gonna be pretty sweet. I have never had a spicy beer as good as this. I've had beers that have had chilies in it that help balance it out or. This beer is incredible. This beer is one of, if not the best barrel-aged Imperial Stouts I've ever had. Um, I need something 
like habaneros, you know, something like spice, not spice in general, but some form of adjunct that's a little untraditional, quote unquote, for for me to really enjoy these. Otherwise, yeah, it's just too vanilla, too chocolatey, too coffee, too rich for me. The the spices in this is quite incredible. It tickles. The flavor is there, but it's not hot. It's just that awesome, awesome, awesome flavor. And I think it's tough to do. I think it's really tough to do beers when you have peppers in them just because do you get enough? Do you put too much? Where's that fine line? Now I understand why this beer was in the box. Yes. This is incredible. This is... We're not wasting a single drop of this no, for I mean, show. We've got ourselves little snifter glasses here, and we're not going to waste a drop of this. No. 10.5% be damned. I don't care. I do not care. I'm going to go hang out with the kids later, too. i got to be on the air in an hour, but I don't care. <laughs> hey <-o. laughs> um, <laughs> Who's in more of a plight with this 10.5%? i got to go hang out with the kids. you got to be on the air. You. Me? Yeah. I was going to say you. No. The kids don't care. Well... Do the listeners care? They're like three, five, and seven. They're gonna be like, Patrick, what's up? I'll be like, hey. <laughs> Maybe I'll be like, hey. <laughs> Where's my cardio sauna tacos? No, it's uh, you know, look, I've recorded this podcast before the the show before. I am not the host of the show. That is true. I have myself twelve to twenty seven minute intervals where I don't have to talk if I don't want to. Um, you know, so I uh, I'll be okay. All right, I'll be fine. Okay, you know. Yankee started three. I can watch that on the side. <laughs> you know, I got distractions upcoming. It'll be right. fine. Sounds great. It'll be fine. Blazers are on at five. Blazers are on at five. It'll be fine. Um, okay, so we'll be drinking this while we, do, we talk about the uh, the topic du jour. Actually, let's do a quick break because we're already at 25 Thank minutes. Thank you to the messenger once yes. again. Thank you to the messenger. He DM'd us and said he was very excited for me to try the BBA Stouts because he knew that was for me. Mm -hmm. Dude, I am not disappointed. This, this is, is fantastic. incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Um, all right. Quick break. Next, beer shopping. Beers and us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. I love beer. Do you love beer? Are you just looking around at things and saying you love them? <laughs> I love beer. <laughs> Welcome back in. Beers on us. Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Let's talk beer shopping. And this is a segment today because Patrick finally went to Market of Choice. I went to, to Market of Choice. To purchase some beer after I've been raving about it for a couple of weeks in the mm -hmm. podcast. I've been starting to go there for my beer because, well, you know, we don't really have bottle shops out by me in Beaverton. But uh, Market of Choice, I found to have the most interesting often changing collection of beer that i've seen in a gourmet supermarket uh you know we've talked about new seasons and zupans which they have good selections but they have their reliables that they're usually there mm -hmm. market of choice to me you don't see a lot of one-offs right yeah market of choice is like one-off central mm -hmm. and i love it because i can go try a bunch of new beers and i was like patrick you got to go to market of choice i know there's probably one near you I went, you to went. The one on, I went to the one on Belmont. So you went, mm -hmm. and you said it was a very interesting <clears throat> experience. I want to hear, lay out and hear you describe your interesting experience. Sure. So my the whole goal, the lady and I were, were driving around doing stuff. We had a beer at, at Bear Lick, and then had or we had lunch at Wayfinder, and then a beer at Bear Lick. But I wanted to stop at, I don't know, I'm getting my days mixed up. E either way, either way. I wanted to stop there, <clears throat> and... Because of Taylor's suggestion, I believe it was Taylor suggested the 
like taste along tasting room. Yes. Yeah, and I and I kind of said to myself, okay, market of choice, probably going to be the best bet. There's they're all over town. I can go in there and I can find five beers that in theory you should be able to find it all of them. We could post it a week early to get everybody on the same page with us so they could all buy those beers and you could do this tasting room with us while you listen. Yep. I think I still want to do it. And the goal was to do it next week. But it got derailed. Because I walked into Market of Choice. First of all, the grocery store is laid out differently than what I'm used to. Because, um, like, I live by a New Seasons and a Fred Meyer, and I usually shop at Trader Joe's. So, I mean, there are their own weird things, too. But Market Trader of, Joe's is weird. But Market of Choice was was weird. It was like New Seasons on crack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. Yeah, but it has its own beer section, which I thought was cool instead of just, like, being in the aisle. At least the one on Belmont. The no, the one, I I, the one near me also has it, yeah. Yeah, and they had like a growler station and things mm -hmm. like that. And it looked like at one point you could probably even have a beer yep. while you're hanging out. Because there's it. a little bar there. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a pre-COVID life. So I walked in there and I kind of looked around and I was... It was strange. I felt very... I felt very overwhelmed. Which is interesting because the places that I tend to shop for beer, if I don't buy beer straight from the brewery, I shop at Cerves in Bridgetown. That's just the neighborhood I live in. Uh, sometimes the plaid pantry if I have to, um, which actually has decent selection for, yeah. for known stuff. <laughs> and so I walked in and I'm looking and they got this whole area of singles, you know, which I appreciate yep. because even though I think at new seasons, you can buy singles, it yeah, just feels kind of rude, I guess. No, I know you can, but you're like breaking up a four pack or something like I know, that. They've got the new seasons has singles all the way oh, up. Oh, that's on the right. Top. That's right. They do. They do. Yeah. That shows how much I shop there for beer. Um, and so I'm looking at it, and they got it separated. There's kind of like like Belgians, European styles, sours, IPAs, darks. lagers, darks, things like that, the reds. One, the one I go to has four sides. It's a square. Okay. The front facing is all IPAs. The right is crispies, essentially. Yeah. The back is darks and reds, and the right is, uh, or the opposite side is sours and like specialty beers this one is all is like an l mm -hmm. the long way is all singles and then the short is four packs six packs gotcha now the short part was like every brewery you've ever heard of that has a flagship that they package was there yep. which i thought was really cool you know because you don't necessarily even see that at a new seasons or a fred meyer sort of thing so i thought that was really cool and i started looking at all the singles trying to find four or five to do for a tasting room episode, and I just kind of froze. I didn't know what I was looking at. And it's weird because I go to places, the places I go tend to be pretty on top of what's new and what's cool and what's trendy, and I'm used to, like, looking at that. Everything I saw there was stuff I never see, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to shop. Like, I, I, I felt like... I felt like I have never drank craft beer before, and I need to listen to this podcast to learn how to shop for beer. <laughs> Literally, it was so strange. I'm like, looking at this, I know all these breweries. I'm like, what the hell is this? What? Right? That's That was my initial reaction when I went there. I was like, I've never seen this beer before, but I know this brewery. Yeah. And I was like, how on earth does a supermarket, gourmet supermarket, yeah. have this? Right? Because that single beer, to me, is a bottle shop kind of beer, right? right? If I were to go to Bridgetown or Vesa, which are places I frequent too because we've been for the podcast and mm -hmm. I like them and I I like all the people that work there. Well, I've been going to beer mongers lately too. Oh yeah, I've been there a couple times too. Um, and uh, I know what to expect there because I know they're going to have the newest of the new mm -hmm. and even some of the stuff a market of choice you don't see there. Right. And I go, 
Huh. So I feel like Market of Choice is also doing new, unique, one-off beers, but in almost like a different realm. That, it's it's interesting. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, am I in another state? You know, am I... They have a lot of out-of-state beer. You know, am I, am I in a different county? Like, I froze. I bought four beers. I can't even remember what the fourth one is. I bought... The West Coast Grocery IPA, which I from your suggestion, yep. and I got their Pilsner because I saw them both there. So I was like, "Oh, let's dive into some some flagship West Coast Grocery beers, so I can give them a shot." I bought the beer of the week, which we'll do here in a little bit, and I don't even remember the fourth beer. Oh, I bought a Cocoa Cow from Sun oh, River, yeah, because I was so out of my place that I was like, "Okay, I need to try these because Mike said the brewery's good." Uh, uh I know that brewery. Here's a beer of the week. What do I need a fourth? I need a Cocoa Cow. I'm out of here. Check me out. You know, it was so weird. It was so strange. Even my girlfriend's looking at me like, "Are you okay?" and because she's like looking at stuff and i'm just kind of like sitting back just kind of like looking around you know i almost needed like a beer steward someone to come to me and be like hey i need help so i like hoppy beers and <laughs> lagers what would you suggest you know i felt i felt like like an amateur it, it's funny i did that i i acted as a beer steward when i last went to market of choice i do uh, too sometimes when someone's like like, I tried to say to this guy, I was like, that beer's really good. You should have that. He didn't have headphones in, nothing. Just blank stared forward. Yeah. And she, and my girlfriend turns to me, she goes, I don't think he heard you. And I was like, oh, he heard me. There's he no way he didn't. He just doesn't care. <laughs> There's no way he didn't hear me. I had that. I was there with a buddy, and he was looking for an IPA. And, you know, he's more of a hazy drinker, but he likes some of the West Coast IPAs. And I was, I saw Stone and Grown 3 on the shelf. And I went, I was like, dude, trust me, have Stone and Grown 3. Yeah. And I was like... Bailbreakers, literally a brewery in the middle of a hop farm up in Yakima, <laughs> yep. and they're doing this great series where they have all these really cool IPAs where they're using the freshest hops possible. And he was like, "Oh, cool!" And this lady who was saying there was like, "You sold me too," and she grabbed it and walked <laughs> away. Nice. And I was like, "Hey, my job here is done." Um, Download wherever you get your podcast: radio.com, ten eight of the van, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Omni. Um, give us a subscription rating and a review, please. Please, we need it. Um, By the way, we have a new beer coming out. <laughs> Beer of the week, collab with Bear Lake, late August, right before uh, Labor Day. Um, <laughs> so Sorry, I, we derailed that. I, I had that experience there, and I was like, "That's pretty cool to like be the person that like this is really good." Trust me, I've had it, and I know Bale Breaker, and they make really good beer. Oh, I've never had this. Cool. Um, it's kind of crazy to me that you had such an overwhelming experience because my first experience there was one of pure joy mm -hmm. because I had become so used to going to new seasons and. Hell, Safeway Albertsons to, to get beer. Right. That when I walked up there, I went, oh, 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 what is this? Oh, what is this? Oh, I've seen this brewery, but never seen it in cans before. And I was like, this is a whole new world. And I've started to to do this thing. And this is kind of where we can get into the beer shopping category for this or the segment is I started doing this thing where every other week I go all new beers I've never had before. Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes it's breweries I've never had before. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's beers I've never had You're from a, a brewery I know. That. You're a lot better at that than I am. Um, and then every, and the other ones, I'll try beers I haven't had before from breweries I trust. It's kind of a little mix. And occasionally I'll go and get an old reliable that I see there. Um, so like I had never had West Coast Grocery before. I really, I've never been there. I, I know they've gotten some good reviews. I know they had the weird thing going on with their old owner and whatever. But, Sounds like we're past that. Um, but I'd heard good things about their beers. And... Uh, I saw it in Kansas. And I was like, "Wow, I've never seen this. I'm definitely getting this." And then it, it sometimes it leads to some misses, right? Mm -hmm. Like last week, I had the Skookum beer that I really did not like. Uh, I tried that Adroit Brewing in Orla Orlando. 
Yeah, that you didn't really care for. It was a black IPA, but it wasn't really a black IPA. So, like, you're going to get some misses if you're really going sure out, out of left field for some of your beers. But I've had some really good hits, too. Mm-hmm. Thunder Island. That's yeah. where I first started drinking Thunder Island. They had the five beers from Thunder Island. Uh, actually, they had more than that. They had, like, four in the IPA section and a couple's around the other section. And I'd never had Thunder Island, and all of them have been good. And, uh, you know, West Coast Grocers IPA was really good. And I've seen... I'm getting all the Blackest Beautifuls there because mm-hmm. they're putting them all up. Mountains Walking from Montana was yeah, there. Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah. saw they had a bunch of different Blackest Beautiful there. So it's like <clears> I, I'm i really enjoying the experience of going there. And every once in a while, I've gone back to New Seasons. And, you know, you get old Reliables. They don't they don't change their selection all too much. Um, so you, you get some... I'll always get sticky hands at New Seasons. Always. Yeah. It's always there. It's always sticky, fresh. I get, yeah, you can, get, you can almost get sticky hands anywhere. Yeah, now. but it's always there. It's <clears> always <throat> fresh. Um, you know, Freem's got a ton there. Bear Lake's got a ton there. Drink. Um, and so if you go to New Seasons, you kind of know where you're mm. looking and stuff like that. But Market of Choice is a different animal, and I love it because I don't have a bottle shop. Mm-hmm. Technically, I have one bottle shop near me. It's Westgate uh, Bourbon Barrel and Tap House, mm-hmm. and they have a bottle shop side to it, and they are open now in COVID. Their prices are kind of steep. Yeah. So I've been in there. They have a lot of great options, but it's a little bit a little more expensive. expensive. So I'm, you know, market of choice. Actually, market of choice is a little bit expensive too. But um, for the type of beer you're getting, I think it makes sense. Anyway, I digress. I don't have a bottle shop like you do in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. where you can just go to Bridgetown or Vesa and just go get some beers, and you're happy. I've always been stuck with my own little personal gourmet supermarket trips, and I found Market of Choice and was like, whoa, this is better. This is better than everywhere I've been because it's a constantly rotating selection of beers from breweries that I've wanted to try and couldn't. Well, the, I think what I what I learned was it just drastically pulled me out of my comfort zone. So it's like Ryan is the buyer at Cerveza. Dave is the buyer at Bridgetown. Now, it's almost a little chicken and the egg sort of conversation. Are them as buyers crafting what I want? Or do I go there because those buyers buy what I want? You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, am I being influenced? Like, which I'm sure I am to an extent, but I like to think, you know, especially because of this podcast, that I'm constantly pushing boundaries and stuff. But am, do I feel out of place because it's just not my comfort zone? Because I'm with you. Like, why Why did I have that experience when, in, in theory, I should be walking in there and be going like, oh, my God. Kid in the candy store. Yeah. And I felt overwhelmed, you know, like I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to buy. I couldn't pull the trigger. I didn't look at beers, really. Like I have this blur of the options that were given to me. There's a lot. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, but it's broken down in category and, you know, things like that. And I, you know, I'm a strong, independent man that don't need no woman. Um, uh, he so, loves you, girlfriend. So I was going to say her name, but I was being safe. So it's like. He it, loves you, random girlfriend that I know the name of, but won't say in the podcast. Um, so. It's something that I have to go back. And this play along tasting room episode that that we have planned in the next couple weeks is going to force me to go back there because I think it's the right move to do that because it's selection plus anyone can go to it. It's not like outside of, you know, if you live in Gresham, you don't have to drive to North Portland. If you live in North Portland, you don't have to drive to Beaverton sort of thing. I just, because like, I'm going to go to Bridgetown today to pick up some beer. I know where everything is. Mm-hmm. I know where the hazies live. I know where the IPAs live. If I want a six-pack of Boneyard, I know where that is. I know where the loggers live. Vase is the same deal. Is putting me outside of my comfort zone a good thing? Yes. The answer is yes. yes. The answer is without a doubt yes. But it just made me think, like, your shopping skills 
are so crafted and dialed into your wants, speaking about me personally, that maybe you are missing out on so much more because you've almost tunnel visioned yourself. And this isn't this isn't a this isn't commentary on where I shop. There's nothing to do with where I shop. It's all about how I shop. And I think it's time for me to break that a little bit. Not saying I'm not going to go to those places that I go to all the time, but I need I've learned that I need to kind of reinvent how I shop for mm-hmm. beer. I think I'm so scared of buying bad beer that I don't take risks. And I think that's what I that's what kind of what I'm saying is you're going to have some bad ones. Yep. And I think I have to get over that. Um because yes. I feel like I go to those two places, I know the owners, you know, I They'll know give you recommendations. I know the managers, I know the buyers. It's kind of like, "Hey, have you had this? Have you had this?" you know. Todd texts me. He's like, "Dude, I just had this. This is phenomenal." And then we hang out and I taste it and he was right. Um that maybe I just need to be okay with potentially buying bad beer. I think I think that's the biggest thing that scares me. Yeah. It's like, I don't know the owners of Market of Choice. I don't know the beer steward or, you know, the, the buyer for there. I don't know what their palate is. Well, and frankly, don't, you don't know some of the breweries they have either. Yeah, I don't know their clientele. You know, like, I know the clientele of Cerave's. I know the clientele of Bridgetown Beer House. You know, Tin Bucket, now Alefire is kind of the same same group of people. So, same kind of neighborhood people. But I don't know who shops at that Belmont market of choice. If the steward there is like, whoa, we just bought three-way and it flies. Well, that's not a good example. Let me look at the wall here. We just bought the Ex Novo Upright collab of ESB and that beer flew. I, I should probably buy more of that. You know, I don't know that. And I think it's time for me to be okay with that. Yeah. I will say that. I learned my snobbery is a lot higher than I thought. And it's actually encompassed with a fear. Mm. And I need to kick that fear. I would agree. Um, The one thing that I've always been good at, and this is just generally when I go to restaurants, um, I've been very fortunate. My parents were always big into going out to nice restaurants. uh, So I've been to a lot of fancy places. Uh, When I've traveled to other cities, you always go to nice places. You know, the the one rule of thumb when you go to a new restaurant like that, whether it has, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not, I was going to say date myself. This will show you in some ways how, how I grew up, luckily, again, fortunate. You know, you go to places that like chef's menus mm-hmm. and like wine pairings and yep. stuff like that. <clears throat> you don't get to choose. Yep. You have six courses. God, that's like my favorite way to eat. It's the best. Chef's menus are incredible. <clears throat> um, if you have the ability to go to a place that does a chef's menu, you can afford it, do it. Trust me. Yeah. Um, when you go to a place like that, you have to have no fear. Because you have no choice, you get whatever food they think is good, and guess what? 99% of the time, it's delightful, right? Even if it's a type of food you wouldn't have expected to like, it's great. So as I've grown up, I've always had that in my head of like, don't be afraid to try weird things when you go to these nice restaurants. Now, you can have reliables that you like. Mm -hmm. You know, I always talk about like Thirsty Lion's my favorite West Side place to go, and I always get the same thing there. Yeah, I love their burger there, the the gastropub burger, which is like gorgonzola infused and has like horseradish and... Sweet to uh, sweet onion on it, super good, right? Yep. I will always get that there, but when you go to a place that is known for being high quality, really fancy chef, Michelin star, whatever, whatever it is, right? Yep. Even just five stars on Yelp, you have to go be experimental mm-hmm. because it helps w- kind of widen your horizons a bit, and you have to trust the chef. That's kind of how I've entered into my beer shopping as well. Uh, I wasn't born here. 
I only came here when I was 21. I only really started learning about craft beer truly a couple of years ago with you, but slightly before that, just from experimenting. Um, and I brought that same mindset in. So when I go beer shopping, and even when I've gone with you to uh, Bridgeport or Cerevesa, and we're just hanging out, right? And I go to the the cabinet. Uh, usually I try to get something off draft. But if I go to the case and I want to get a beer there, I will almost always try something different. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I will see a brewery that I'm like, oh, I know this brewery. Never seen this beer. Let me read the can. Sure. I will always try something different. And that's how I beer shop now. Mm-hmm. So it's... It sounds pretty different to you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it's funny because you mentioned, you know, in, in your comparison to like a chef's menu, that's my favorite way to eat. Mm. That is absolutely my favorite way to eat. I will choose that every time. If I can walk into any restaurant, I don't care if it's pub food, Italian, some some form of Asian, like Vietnamese, which is some of my favorite food in the world. Like, I just want you to make me something. Like, you make something that, what's what's good? Just make it. I'll yep. eat it. You know, I don't I don't like things like meatloaf. But I don't go to, n- not many restaurants sell meatloaf, so I'm okay. It's, and if they made a good meatloaf, you'd still like it. Uh, everyone says that to me, but you know, if if you if you make a good turd, it's still a turd. Wow. I digress. Wow. I, re- I really hate meatloaf. Um, it's like childhood trauma. But anyway, um, that it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that I can feel that way about food and not translate to beer. Did you used to be that way with beer, but then you kind of found your groove and you stopped being experimental? Yes. Well, there you go. And I know the reason why. Why? I work at Breakside Brewery. Yeah. I mean, this is like as humbly as possible. I'm not trying to flex or pump the brand too much, but like I live with quality, high, high quality beer all day, every day. And that's where the fear comes in. And I sell it and I'm pumped about it and I have great relationships with you know, our head brewmaster, Ben, and Dylan, who's the brewer at Slabtown, like, we have to work together just to coordinate stuff. You know, we talk about recipes, we talk about what's selling, what's moving, and I am just surrounded by it. And then I have, like, my good friend Sam at Von Ebert, our friends at Berlick, you know, Conrad's an old friend of mine, and I have all these friends throughout town that have exposed me to such great beard all the time that it's like, Thunder Island? <laughs> No one's told me to drink that. I'm not drinking that. Stuff's probably crap. And then you try it and you're like, oh, man, what the hell was I waiting on? Do you know that I didn't drink Freem beer for the first four years they existed? Yeah, I you told me that once. Yeah. I thought it was trash. I was like, this beer sucks. Why does everybody think this brewery's great? Now I'm like, we're not worthy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> now I think they're great. <clears throat> but again, it's because somebody told me, somebody who I respected was like, you don't drink Freem? Like, their stuff's really, really good. This is four years ago, three, four years ago. Well, probably more like five years ago now. <clears throat> and I think I've just been spoiled and I need to stop acting like a spoiled rich kid is basically what I learned from going to Market of Choice. Especially for something like this, like this podcast that we do. It's easy for me to sit here and be like, wow, this Westbrook bourbon barrel-aged stout is phenomenal. Look over at the board over here and it's like, oh, weird, upright beer is fantastic. You know, what else is over there? Um... You know, oh, this treehouse. Wow, for hazy. This is really cool. Well, no S, Sherlock. Like, no kidding. Like, they're great stuff. Expand your mind. That Brewery 26 Saison was really cool. Yeah. You know, what else are we looking at over there? That Montevilla. Like, Montevilla, what up? Like, I'm all up in your grill now because of that. Just because I took a risk and was like, I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this. But I'm going to take a shot at it. 
Well, hell, even the trapdoor uh, Mexican lager we had last week was yeah, really good. It was good. Yeah. It was really good. And I've been a little up and down about trapdoor. I just... And it makes me wonder if I even translate that into how I feel about a beer. Like, it's like, you told me that you felt you've got some off flavors from a Von Ebert beer. And I was like, Von Ebs? No way. <laughs> and that's why I, that's why I wanted you to... And backtrack to the uh, IPA challenge. Yeah. And I was like, that beer's got diastole in it. That beer's terrible. And they were like, it's volatile substance. And I cried. <laughs> You know, because I was like, I can't talk trash about my friends. <laughs> so I think I've That's just, why I wanted you to try the American pills that I had, because I, for me... If I see it on the shelf, I'll grab it. It's still a learning experience for me with those flavors, because like sometimes it could just be like, I had something weird to eat, and my mouth has a mm-hmm, weird flavor, mm-hmm. and it could be affecting it, or whatever. Or I'm tasting it, right? Or I'm starting to learn, because we've been doing the podcast, I'm starting to learn the bad flavors. Mm-hmm. And I kind of wanted like validation, or... A proof like, hey, you were wrong. Like, maybe yeah, it was just yeah, a bad yeah. flavor, which is why I asked you to get it. But one thing that's great, that's one thing I do love about us is that we're we're okay to be wrong. Oh, yeah, for sure. It would be awful if we did this and we were like, I'm not wrong. Well, this I, tastes like cream corn. It's DMS, damn it. I, I hate coming out and saying I have an off flavor because I don't feel experienced enough to say it. Mm-hmm. But I tasted buttered popcorn. Yeah. And I know you said that's a bad flavor. Mm-hmm. So when I when I had that, I was like... Oh, no, I hope this is wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, and the, I mean, and there are times where I've tasted something that I thought had diacetyl in it, and nope, that was just the flavor that the hop the the hop um, created. strategy yeah. created, you know? So it's interesting. I think, <clears throat> moral of the story, put a little bow on this. When it comes to my beer shopping, I need to reinvent myself because I think I'm getting stagnant. And I would say that for all of you listeners out there... <clears throat> Not to change your habits if you're happy with your habits, but you know, depending on where you live, expand the places you go for beer. Mm-hmm. If you have a reliable place you go constantly, that's cool. Still go there. Support. Especially if they're a local business, support them. Yeah, support them if they're local. I'm not going to stop going to my, my places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you live in a place where you, you can really only go to a supermarket, that's fine. You that's know, fine. If that's your option, that's cool. But if you have other places that are near you, or even on the way home from work, or on the way s- somewhere, right? A frequent route that you take branch out or if you go to a regular place and you kind of go get the same type of beers over and over again stop yeah every other week do that i mean you can love those beers and you can get them all all the time but try something different yeah you might get some drain pours you might get some beers you don't like um in fact you probably will that's my biggest hurdle um you will you will have beers you don't like and that's a risk you're going to take but you're also going to find beers that you will love beyond death and that wander export stout I always think of when you you saying that makes me just think of Wander's export stout. So good. Yeah. Um, I was looking up there. I would have never grabbed that can. Yep. I would have never drank it in my entire life. Thunder Island, right? You just you mentioned yep. it. I would I would have never bought it. I mean it's the rebrand looks nice, but I'm yep. still like, ah, you're still Thunder Island. Why do I have that opinion? I don't That's know. That's a terrible opinion to have. People change, breweries change <clears> all the time. I gotta kick that. Um, you know, I could have I could have gone and gotten Coco Cal, right? Mm-hmm. Which I like and it's it's always a market of choice. Mm-hmm. So if you go there again, you'll you'll be able to get that again. It was my blanket. It was my <laughs> it was safety your blanket. Um but I saw Thunder Island and I was like, ooh, that's right. I heard this place is in Cascad Locks and they're opening a new plot, a uh, new spot. Ooh, I like the rebrand. Ooh. Rebrand is nice. This one is a not hazy IPA. Yep, I'm gonna try it. And that's it, you know, it's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. You know, I I I still go to the breweries that I like in terms of buying it. Like that's the third top ferment I've gotten. 
I like ferment a lot. Mm. I like the top ferment series. Yeah, me too. Um, and the bottom ferment, like well, the the top bottom whatever. Well, I know well what bottom I know ferment is some of the hazies, so I've kind of avoided those. But they had a hellas that was a bottom ferment once, which I tried. Um, like, I like ferment, and I know I like ferment, but I'm still getting something different. Yes, right. Ferment has the bottles where you can get like their ESB or their dry Irish stout right. or their Pilsner, and if you just keep getting that over and over again. You like the beer, that's fine, but they're making other good stuff. Right. Like, Chris texted me yesterday <clears throat> and was like, I just snagged one of these. It's the Japanese lager from Freem. And I was like, I had that last year. That beer is incredible. And if I'm in the mood and want a Japanese-style rice lager, I'm going to look at... And I'm like, ooh, yeah, I, I I feel like a rice lager. Maybe it's that season. And I go to the store, and there's one from this brewery, this brewery, and Freem. I'm going to buy the Freem one, and I need to stop doing that. You can still do that. Like, still have that beer and enjoy that beer, but branch out. Yep. Be willing to try the other breweries. Yeah, yeah, which I did for Beer of the Week. Mm, all right. Speaking of rice lagers. Let's do that next. Sure, why not? Beer of the Week. On Beers on Us, Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. So. I got a can. We have a, I bought it from Market of Choice. Yes. We have a beer that is a beer that Patrick normally wouldn't purchase which although, is weird because I love this brewery. Although it is a brewery he would normally purchase. Um, but he just teased if he saw three Japanese rice lagers and one of them was Freem and two of them were different breweries, he'd pick Freem's 100% of the time. Well, he picked this brewery. So 100% of the time is now an incorrect statistic. What do we got in front of us for beer of the week? Beer of the week is from our good friends, Sean and Devin of Ruse Brewing Which Company. Which we still have to go to for a takeover. We do. I don't even know if they're open. God, I don't work in. I haven't worked in Milwaukee for almost a year now, so I don't get down there as much as I normally would. Yeah, because that used the, to be on your route home. Yeah, right? that's off the beaten path for me now. Like It was not uncommon for me to stop there at Friday at 5 o'clock leaving work and not wanting to sit in traffic. And so I just stopped there. <laughs> what is traffic? Yeah, right. Hasn't existed for <clears throat> months. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to Vancouver. There's gonna be traffic. Uh, this mm. is Shifting Dreams. Their rice lager. This Japanese inspired lager is brewed with German malts and flaked rice for ultra light and refreshing experience. Now I've enjoyed rice lagers. I have. Like I mentioned, the Freem one. I had the. Uh, re- most recently, I had the ferments canned of their. Uh, their rice Japanese style lager, and I thought that was incredible. This has been a style that I have not loved okay. in the past. Uh, I'm not 100% sure why. I think I had one or two that were not so great in general, and it might have just kind of scarred me from trying mm-hmm. the style. Also, I like heavier, more rich ones, mm-hmm. more rich beers, and this is a very light. I mean, style yeah, this of beer. is the counterintuitive yeah, of that. Complete opposite. Yeah. So I figured we'd take a shot at this um, for funsies. It's hot out, it's light, um, it's, you know, the style is. Not quite a hellas per se, because it's still going to be less malty, but I've always enjoyed the rice because it just makes the body so much lighter. You know, it's something I love so much about, you know, honk, honk, rainbows and unicorns from Breakside is that it's got that flaked rice in it to leave that. I mean, that's rice is used. There is a lot of rice used in domestic beers, Bud Light, 
Coors Light, Keystone, like all that stuff. That stuff's got a ton of rice in it because it's because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the idea. That this might be a style that you could definitely throw to a Coors Light drinker and see what see if they see if they like it. Um, already took two sips. One I had to take one to get the uh, Mexican cake out of my mouth because that's kind of it's lingering there. So I kind of had to refresh my palate with the uh, rice lager. Um, this is my favorite Japanese lager we've had. Uh, since we started this podcast. Okay, cool. Um, it's incredibly light and refreshing. The rice flavor, which I think sometimes, maybe it's not the rice flavor, but it's a flavor that comes from this type of beer, uh, especially when you go to like a sushi place and you get one of like the Kiranichi Bonds or, mm-hmm. or those kind of beers, the Sapporos. There's a very distinctive flavor in those beers. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's from the rice. Probably is from the rice. And I don't necessarily like it. Okay. It tastes good with the sushi. Mm-hmm. It matches it very well, so I will always get it there. Um, this, that flavor in here is incredibly minimal. I taste it a little bit, which is why I haven't liked rice lagers in the past, but this is way more crisp and refreshing than, or at least there's more on that side of it than in that weird rice flavor that I don't love in beer. So this is nice, simple, easy. And there's not a ton of uh, descriptors for it because these kind of beers are very just kind of quick, easy drinking. It's kind of the, kind of the, kind of the point. So basically when you're, when you're drinking these is a, does it taste good? B, like, is it well-crafted? I don't mm-hmm. get any off flavors or anything. Nope. I mean, <clears throat> I'm not the best with that when it comes to lagers in general, but it tastes fine to me, and that's that's kind of the whole idea, and I just, it's been really hot, although today is, like, the one non-hot day, uh, and I've just, I am a full-on crispy boy now. I still drink a lot of IPAs, but, I mean, I am drinking more and more lagers as time goes. Yeah. What has happened to me? You're getting older. Yeah. Yeah. Dad life. Yeah. I mean, crispy boys are a little bit uh, easier to drink in higher frequency. I know. And, didn't we uh, always think the crispy boys were like damn millennials? Yeah. Now it's like, no, it's just us old guys. Yeah. It's just the, <laughs> it's just the dads. Uh, I mean, I've become more of a crispy boy since doing this podcast as well. But well, I think, you know, I think what was big for me in this was just, <clears throat> you know, I love beer and I want to drink beer all day long, every day. And not because I want to be drunk, but because I just love the flavor of it. Like, if you can make this beer 0%, I would drink it all day. All day. You know, like, they they do that in Europe with a bunch of non-alcoholics, but I've never really had a non-alcoholic beer that I like. So, I'm kind of waiting for it. Oh, duels! But I think it's it's moved me to the point of realizing that you can have have four beers if you drink a crispy. You drink, you know, you drink that six and a half, seven percent IPA, boy. You got two. You got like one and a half. Yeah, you drink <laughs> three of those, boy, and you ain't gonna feel good. Nope. Yeah, you're stumbling into walls and stuff. So now I'm kind of like, okay, you know, I'm like dreaming of Heater Allen right now. I'm just like, oh, I could go for a Heater Allen Pilsner right about now. <laughs> nope, can't buy Heater Allen. You gotta buy somebody else. You know, I'm gonna buy some Mexican. I'm gonna go try to find some Mexican lagers that I've never had before to eat with my carne asada tacos tomorrow, and I will take a picture of it from my rooftop. Well, not my rooftop, but my patio outside my house, and hopefully, I find something good. Now, if you see me with the Mexican lager I've already had before, that means I couldn't find anything. <laughs> so leave me alone. Or that means he was uh, too scared. Yeah, 
no, I'm not going to be scared. Don't be scared, Patrick. But I mean, even this was Don't a safe Don't be fearful. Even this was a safe choice. It was because it's ruse. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I bought some beer. And you were like, the two I recommended to you, and then one that you've had a thousand times in a brewery that you would absolutely admire. Way to go out on a limb, bro. <laughs> I did kind of have the attitude about it, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. You're like, oh, I got this and this and this. And I was like, uh-huh. and? <laughs> yep. Did you not see the other options? I was like, no, I got scared and piddled and then ran away. <laughs> <laughs> well, go back to the Belmont Market of Choice and uh, be experimental. I will go this weekend. And this is a very good Japanese lager. So if you like Japanese nice. lagers and you haven't seen this out and about, oot in the boot, uh, you boys. can trust Ruse. I know they do a lot of hazies, and you know how we feel about hazies, but uh, their non-hazy beers are also delightful. And um, this Japanese lager is the best Japanese lager I have had. I'm glad. I'm glad, so glad to hear that. That's our beer of the week. And uh, the Westbrook Brewing Mexican Cake Imperial Stout is dynamite. Wow, even as it's warming up, it's just getting better and better. It's, it's so The habaneros are so good, dude. Yep, yep, oh, my yep, God. Yep. Never would have thought I would say that, but uh, delightful. All right. We'll be back next week. Um, probably... With a shared tasting room? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. We might take this show on the road, too. I think I'm going to start reaching out to some people. The only thing is, so I, next week, I believe, is my last week in town before I go. Okay. Yeah, I'll be, two weeks from now, I'll be gone. So we'll have to make a plan for, like, doing two a podcast in one week, or maybe have okay. a week off or something. But Okay. Um, I can also come in and do one by myself. That you can. I don't know how to do anything, but I can try. I've done it before, so. Well, you know how to do all this. True. That's what True. I mean. I can definitely sit here and talk to a microphone by myself. But after that, yeah, what do you do? I, I'm not the engineer. <laughs> well, we'll figure it out. But next week, we will be here for sure. The following week, we'll either have a super early drop, or we'll just have a week off. But um, maybe we'll go on location early. Maybe that's the best way to do. Maybe do the joint tasting room next week and then do an on location on the weekend before you leave. Yeah, well, we'll I, leave, I leave on Saturday. So we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But next week we will be here. Four o'clock-ish Thursday. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. If you haven't, Instagram.com slash beers and us is where you can follow us. We post all our pictures of what we're drinking. You can DM us there as well. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Traces. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.